Hey music lovers, Nick Lee here. Welcome back to another installment of The Cultural Reset. My co-host Shay and I had the opportunity to sit down with Syrian African-American pop artist Shayna to discuss her experience navigating the music industry. Join us as we talk about her career in pop as a woman of color, her creative inspiration, and the industry hurdles that she overcame to get to where she is now. If you're interested in learning more about The Cultural Reset, joining our team, or even donating to our cause, feel free to visit our website at www.cultural-reset.com. Let's tune in. Welcome to another episode of The Cultural Reset. My name is Nick Lee. And this is Shay. And we are here with an incredible artist. Could you introduce yourself? From Virginia, currently living in New York City. Nice. We are so happy to have you here with us today. And we just wanted to kind of start off with kind of like the standard question that we ask all the artists on our artist interview series. Um, And that is when and where did your individual creative journey begin? So I would say my individual um, creative, everything started when I was around seven years old. Um, I came from like a small town where a lot of people didn't do music or stuff like that. And I was just like, yeah, I want to be a singer. I remember going to the mall and like Beyonce was at the mall for some odd reason in my small town signing autographs um, with Destiny's Child. It was the most random thing. It was a food drive. And I was like singing to her like, Kelly, can you handle it like really loud? And my mom was like, why do you know this song? I was trying to get their attention in the mall and singing it. And I just knew like I wanted their life. I wanted what? You just said Nick's trigger words, by the way. (laughs) I don't know if anybody knows this, but I'm a huge fan of Beyonce. That's a very, that's traditionally a very odd thing for a male to say, but I love Beyonce. Yes. (laughs) That's cool. Continue though. No, I just knew like, I like a lot of people were like, oh my God, this new group. And I'm like, they're not new. They're amazing. They're everything. And it just really fueled my creativity. I just studied so many music videos I would do little dance parties in my room like all of us kids but I never grew out of it so at first my family thought it was a hobby they tried to get me into sports and basketball I'm clumsy I was like I don't want to do this you guys (laughs) (laughs) I was like this isn't my calling but yeah I just really loved the arts I felt like I was able to get my message out by writing Mm -hmm. and just tell my story I love watching people watching and just meeting new people and writing my songs I feel like it's therapy not just for myself but for my friends going through things and all of that yeah Yeah. um that's something that we have found pretty common between a lot of artists is that using creating music listening to music is very therapeutic um and I think that that definitely plays into I was reading a bit into your your EP, um, Blue Memories, and it said that those six songs were kind of for mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that something that you would say is like your mission in your art is to kind of spread awareness? Yeah, definitely. I'm a huge advocate for mental health. I released that project during Mental Health Awareness Week last year. And each song even though some of it has like happy beats and melodies and things like that, there's an underlying message of each one. It was like my different stages of how I handle my depression. 
So there's like a song called Alone where it's like, you know, sometimes I'm alone. I get sad, but I have like this huge, I, I'm a big, like, I like to dance and stuff like that. So in the house, I'll just put music really loud. I'm like having a good time. Like it's okay to be your own best friend and vibe mm-hmm. out. Um, I have the title track of the EP Blue Memories where it's like, you have a lot of self-doubt in your head. A lot of us go through that where you could be doing great in everyone else's eyes and you're just so hard on yourself. And I just wanted people to know in that project, like, hey, people like me, even though I'm like a smaller artist trying to build my way up, like, it's not all rainbows and sunshine. It's hard out here trying to get to that top. And I feel like more people need to know that they're not alone in this. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, That's kind of why we exist, too, to like help people. They're not alone in this at all, like as POC and LGBTQ people. And that's another thing I wanted to focus on with you specifically, too, is what was it like for you being African-American and Syrian growing up as a creative? Yeah, to be honest, it was really it was really challenging because my small town that I came from, I didn't see a lot of people of color, actually, even though my Mm -hmm. mom is African-American and my dad's Syrian. And in the Syrian household, it's very like college, college, college. And, you know, I went to college. I didn't finish. I went. I tried it out. It wasn't my thing. (laughs) I gave it a try. And then music started, you know, calling me in. Um, But my dad was just really like, so what are you going to do with this? So music teacher, what are you going to do? And I was like, all right, I'm going to try it out. But I think now he's one of my biggest supporters because he just sees like, that is really doing something for me. And he supports me 100%. He always calls me like, I have a friend that could help you that I met. I'm like, okay, dad, thank you. So it was just amazing to see. But yeah, growing up, it was just hard because you're just so used to, like, it's more in the Syrian household. My mom's always been supportive. But the structure, you get good grades, you go to college, you get your degree. And if you want to do music, you become a music teacher that that's Mm. kind of what it was for me but yeah I I just tried I think it was a little bit of a challenge to me I was like I want to I want to make it happen so right (laughs) strange you know what's funny too is that we've talked to artists before Shay and they all say they're like oh you know my parents they weren't on board they were doing like this and they were specifically people of color but then always once they become successful once they started like forging a career in it then their parents are their biggest fans. And it's like, oh, oh yeah. my dad loves my album. Oh, yeah, all this stuff. It's just yeah. My dad is so funny because he'll come to some of my shows now. And, like, I live in Brooklyn, so you already know how the vibe is. It's just, like, crazy New York City life. And he's tapping my friends. He doesn't even know those are my friends. He's like, that's my daughter. That is my daughter. <laughs> and he still has, like, an Arabic accent. I'm so used to him that I don't realize. You're like, yo, your dad is so fun. He was wild. He had a beer, like. His hands around me. It's my dog. <laughs> I love it. I'm just like, yes, New York dad. <laughs> oh, I would. Like, I was actually gonna say the same exact thing, except for it's like everyone who wants to become a musician. It seems like such an unconventional path to take, but it's a huge, you know, it's a huge career. There's there's so many people that are in the music industry, and it's not like you have to go to school and get a degree in it and become a teacher in order to be able to do music. So it's definitely like, you know, following a different path than than the expectations of maybe our parents. I mean, I know my parents definitely have the expectation of you go to college, you get a degree, you get a career using that degree. And that's how it goes. 
Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they definitely want the best for us. But I feel like when they see us grow up and that it's really our passion and, you know, we're making some money from it and doing our thing, they're like, okay, I'm on board now. Okay, yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, okay, we do it, yeah. Well, tell us about your um, influences and your art too. So we were listening to Blue Memories and, you know, we kind of drew some parallels between your sound and, and some other artists too. And like, I want to know, like, who influences you directly and then also how do they influence you? Is it like your, your production style? Is it like your, your lyrics? Is it your, your sound in general? Yeah, um, I would say one of my biggest inspirations is Lady Gaga. I love her so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yay. We're on the vibes together. And I love Lady Gaga. She's just her individuality. I was just actually watching her documentary on Netflix the other day with my mom. And she's just so raw. I love that she has, like, this emotion in her. Because I'm very – a lot of people don't see it, but I'm an emotional person. <laughs> like, I'll get really, like, into – when I'm into something, I'm, like, so passionate about it. And I share that vibe with her and just how – she dresses and everything. I love Rihanna, just her whole bad girl like, mm-hmm. vibe. Um, recently, I've been really into Dua Lipa. I love her sound as well. Yeah. And then something that's on a total different uh, um, contrast, more for the songwriting, I love Corinne Bailey Ray. I listen to like a lot of UK music because I just feel like their lyrics are very raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so first of all, I just, (laughs) so Shay, I know that you don't know that I have two, like, key words. One is Beyonce, the other is Lady Gaga, I have to say. (laughs) When I was a little little monster, when I was a child, and I'm just really happy that (laughs) you said that. Yes, they're both everything, just the performances. I love watching great performers. I admire them. Nick lives by the motto of, um, he has the same hours in a day as Beyonce, so... (laughs) <laughs> that's why I love her and that's why I love Lady Gaga too because there's like this work ethic that's there right oh, and there's this kind of grind this hustle that's like unmatched oh, you yeah. know how have you kind of incorporated that into your career as far as my work ethic I, so every day before I go to bed I make a to-do list even during quarantine a lot mm. of us artists and creatives we're not as busy as we used to be. You know what I mean obviously the venues are shut down you can't mm-hmm. really have these like one-on-one interviews in person and things like that because I'm used to just being on the go especially in New York get on the train I'm out the door at 9 a.m I don't come back till late at night so what I've been doing during quarantine is I make a list and I'm actually more busy now than I was beforehand because mm-hmm. I just make myself okay you got to wake up even though you're not you know working per se you got to wake up early do your vocal exercises and I live by that too like there's always somebody out working you so you have to just make yourself like your top priority. And that's what, I've, that's what I've always done as an artist to try to get my name out there, whether doing interviews, meeting people like you all, chatting it up, um, practicing my instrument, writing songs, sending out X amount of emails a day. I just try to keep myself as busy as possible. And I have the model, like, send out 100 emails, you might get back five replies. But that's five more than you had, you know? True. Exactly. <laughs> I love that attitude that you have. And it's an attitude that I think that so many young artists should be adopting when it comes to pursuing a career as a creative in this industry. Because I love what you said about like how there's always somebody outworking you. Mm-hmm. And that is the key. There's so much talent out there. There's so many different voices, so many different perspectives, but like you have to be willing to do the work and like do more work than the next person by you to really get to where you want to be. Right. Yeah. So I also I think your, your passion comes across. I mean, a lot. I feel that energy coming Thank from you. you. Like, 
And I think that, you know, it's a combination of being able to get out of bed and get this work done, but it's also like the passion behind it because that's what people are like, oh, you're willing to put in this work because you are invested, like, you know, mentally, emotionally, like you're in it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely. What fuels you, though? You know, what makes you do the music that you do? Is there an emotion, a cause? Oh, yeah. So a lot of times, for instance, people will say, oh, like, do you write a song per day? Do you do this? When I try to force myself, it doesn't work. It's, mm-hmm. it, music is 100% my passion. And it's 100% what I feel. So not saying that I can't go in and, you know, if I'm writing for another artist or something like that, yeah, I could write from their perspective because that's how I'm feeling. I understand their story. They explain it to me. But for myself, man, when I'm mad, I write the best stuff. <laughs> when when, like, yeah, when I'm mad, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be a good song. <laughs> I would tell people, don't piss me off. The next song's about you. Oh, man. <laughs> so that, like, fuels me, I guess. Um just I love people watching so like during the spring and summer I'm always sitting outside and just I watch things on a train especially in New York you see some crazy stuff I'm like that's a song right there (laughs) stuff walking in the rain I had this one song where I haven't released it yet but I was walking outside I had my umbrella it was raining of course I just did my hair and Bella broke I'm like oh no my hair and then I stepped in a puddle, water got my shoes. I started singing, it's a dumb, dumb, dee, dumb, 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 dee, dumb, dumb day. And I was like, okay, it's a song. Keep going with it. And just started writing. You cannot trust New York puddles. I've had that happen to me before. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is, so that sounds like, is that your creative process then? Like, you know, just like watching people and feeding off your emotion. And when you've got something, record it. Or like, yeah. that's how you process your creative energy best. I for sure think it's how I process my creative energy best just because I don't want my songs to be just for me. Like, yeah, there's some that are personal. Where I'm like, I have to write about this, but I want, you know, one of you guys to listen to it and be like, dang, I can relate to this. This is how I feel, you know? Well, I definitely think that uh, Blue Memories is relatable, even though it came out in 2019. I think that it kind of had good timing because now here we are and we're all alone. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. I know. And mental health awareness is so much, you know, it, it's always important, but it's so important because I feel like a lot of people who maybe have never had to face mental illness or who haven't had like this isolation before are now facing something that's so unfamiliar to them. So right. it, it's kind of like um, guidance. Do you yeah. want to do you want to talk to us a little bit about like the themes that come across in your EP specifically the parallel between the first song and the last song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So Blue Memories and Faded Memories. Oh yeah, okay. So Faded Memories, I actually wrote that song. I watch a, like I like to actually watch Netflix shows and write about them sometimes. So it's You're my spirit animal. I kid you not. <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> no, but you watch the things, you're like, whoa, this is crazy. And I start you guys are gonna think I'm so such a baby, but I watched this one show, it's called The Killing. And I started crying afterwards because like my favorite character, whatever. It was it was just crazy. She died. I was like, oh my god, this is so crazy. So I wrote a song about her and I just started thinking because I started seeing a lot of stuff like people were passing away. Just it's like it was such a weird timing. Like I watched the show 
And then I like went on my Facebook and it was like this person passed away. So I wrote a song called Faded Memories, where it's just like people, this is dark, but people grieving people after, you know, they transition. And it's like, you cannot replace them with these faded memories. Like you cannot replace them with somebody else. Like they're always going to be there kind of thing. And blue memories is, like I said, the thoughts in your head, the self-doubt. You're kind of having, like, I in the music video, I go into this room. So I'm all dressed up. And it's almost like a day in the life of, like, performing. So you get all dressed up. You get off the stage. You're singing. And then you're just having this, like, freak out in your, like, in your room. You're like, oh, like, maybe you're beating yourself up about your performance or about something you did in that day. And you're saying, like, I'm stuck in my head. I can't get rid of these blue memories. And at the end of the bridge, I'm saying, I got these secrets. I know the answers to my secrets because I battle this self-doubt. And I know what's pushing me to my limit. Like, I'm aware of all this craziness in my head. I'm trying to work it out, y'all. So that's that's that. And it was weird because that song, I didn't have a title for that project. And that song kind of just brought it together. Wow. I, that's such a good explanation because I feel a lot of what you are describing on like the entire album, honestly. Like I, I feel all of it and I just, I love that that is like, I'm feeling the right thing. You know, it feels like I'm feeling the right thing that I'm really connecting with you and like your intention as well. So that's really good in my opinion. So kind of, kind of taking, you know, a step away from the art itself. I want to talk about you being in this industry right? Mm-hmm. You're a woman of color mm-hmm. and you're navigating this industry. You're navigating success in this industry. You have a clear goal. You're staying positive. But what has it been like for you as a woman of color navigating the industry? Being a woman, co- woman of color navigating this industry has been very tough, actually, especially once moving to New York, because there's so many false promises. Just being mm-hmm. a woman in general, it's just like hard out here. And I know people say that all the time. But when I first moved out to New York, I think I was like 17. Yeah, I was really young. <clears throat> and people were just pulling me in these directions. They're like, oh, like, I'm from Virginia. Everybody's like, hey, hello, like really gullible. And I was getting invited to these like events and all these guys coming. I'm like, oh, I could help you. I'll never forget. I had this one interview. I'll talk about it because it's just a crazy story. I had this one interview and this person said, oh, I want to interview you over dinner. And I was like, okay, go as heck. I'm like, okay, yeah, no problem. I'm in my Doc Martens. I used to dress kind of gothic. So I just looked like, <laughs> like this. And it was like so expensive. And I had this model like, yo, I'm paying because I'm not getting sold up. Anyway, long story short, it was a setup. And I just felt so crushed because it was like my first interview ever for a blog. And I was like, that was a date. That was not an interview. That was so sad. Yeah, it was just, it's just been hard out here. But now I have this attitude. Like I go back home, people are like, who is she? Who is this person? Because it's like, it's made me a lot stronger. And I love the person I've become from it. And being a woman of color, you know, there's been, especially a woman of color in pop. That's super important to say. Being a woman of color in pop music has been hard because sometimes people see me. And they're like, I did not expect you to do this kind of music. Like, what? You do pop? What? That's crazy. And I'm just like, yeah, I do pop. I love every type of music, but this is what I feel in my heart to do. 
I love that you mentioned that too about being specifically a woman of color navigating the music industry because what I've kind of noticed, and I guess I'm not in the position to say this, but what I've just kind of observed is that the way that Black women specifically are positioned in the music industry is in competition with one another, right? So you're expected, exactly, you're expected to be this one, this cookie cutter image of what a Black female in music should be, but also you're pitted against these other stars. So like, for example, as an up-and-coming emerging artist who just happens to be Black and a woman of color, you can be pitted up against Beyonce or Rihanna. And you're expected to be, you're expected to have the same type of performance style as them, the same type of music as them, and that's just not how it goes. So could you talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Now that you said that, I'm thinking, like, there's always so much competition, especially with image. I feel like that's been a big thing, especially when I first came to New York. They were like, you want to do R&B? You want to do... I had actually almost a label deal. And yeah, they wanted me to have this certain look, this certain sound, trying to pin me with these certain producers. And it was a vibe, but it wasn't my vibe. For somebody else, it wasn't for me. And I'm just like, I don't feel like I have to be over-sexualized. That's not what I want in my music. If you go to my page, you don't see me in these like type outfits or nothing like that. I'm all about individuality. I don't care. I feel like you should feel as confident as possible. If you're Lizzo, own it you know if you're whoever own that all my friends if you have us all in a room together you'd be like y'all are all so different I love that I don't freaking love that I don't like people to just feel like they have to play this part Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah as for a woman of color in this industry it's hard but I feel like I want to be the one to help break that barrier especially being a black and Syrian woman nobody's seen that so yeah. So you've had to work harder to be specifically in pop in the music in industry pop. too. Yeah, for That's sure. Amazing. I'm sure like, you know, you could have taken that role and be an R&B artist, but it wouldn't be true to yourself. And it would have been probably following the expectations of being a woman of color and like, I think that that's awesome for you to be like, you know, trying to break into this industry in pop specifically because um, that's a place where there needs to be some kind of a reset. You know, there there are pop artists out there, but, you know, there's this image that you have in your mind when you think pop artist and that needs to be reimagined, you know, that needs to be opened up. And I don't like how each genre kind of has like, this category of people is just like, okay, this genre is for this people, this genre is for that. And it's like, no, music is for everybody. It's a universal language. That's why I love Rihanna, because it's like, she's done so many different types of genres. You never know what she's going to do from like this Caribbean sound to, you know, she has that, the four or five seconds, like you're like, what kind of country? And I don't like being put in a box. Like if somebody tells me we want you to do this, I'm like, okay. Exactly. And that's what we want to reset. We want to make sure that our audiences, like the young creatives that are going to be listening to this, know you don't have to fit in. You yeah. really, really don't. Like we live in an environment, especially after the pandemic is kind of like resetting the music industry in and of itself. We're living in a current environment where you just have to be yourself and people admire that authenticity. They admire that integrity of just staying true to who you are. And that's really what kind of gets you out there and just keeps your work as quality as it should be. For sure. I love that. I love that you touched on that. And that is something also, too, that makes you so important, Shayna. Like, I just, I love the fact that, like Shay was saying, you're a woman of color going into pop. That's major. And there's going to be people looking up to you. 
and seeing what you've done and the path that you're paving for them. So I just admire that. Oh, thank you guys. I'm relieved um, that we're able to share your story too, because I'm sure it's going to inspire other people. And like, that's what's going to make the change in the music industry is inspiration and people opening this door that's previously been closed in their mind being like, oh, this is an option for me. It's not like I have to follow this path because this is the set path before me. So yeah. I really, I really appreciate that. And I'm really glad that, you know, we can provide a place for you and no, others to hear you. No, thanks for letting me be heard. I appreciate it. It's like, I used to be so nervous to even mention things like that because this industry, I feel like you have to literally walk on thin ice. And the older I get, I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm I'm going to be real. I want to be real with you guys. I don't want to hide. If I'm feeling sad, I'm going to tell you. If I'm feeling super excited about something, I'm going to tell you. Because I used to just be like, must follow formula. There's no formula. There's no real formula. It's just keep grinding. That's all. So are there any other, you know, injustices or like insufficiencies that you see in the music industry that you would want to change? I feel just mainly about over-sexualizing women in the industry. It bothers me a lot. And I'm just happy that I see so much, or in the beauty standards. That's that's the main thing, actually. Especially going on TikTok. Like, there's all these TikToks I see of, like, what I was doing at 11 years old versus what 11-year-olds are doing now. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. We're having, like, these, like, weird, um, I don't know. I had, like, an Apple computer just making these weird videos of, like, my face into, like, oh. And now they're, <laughs> like, sexy videos. I'm, like. My body still don't do that. What are you doing? <laughs> no, it's not normal. It's okay. I mean, I don't know. Who am I to tell people what to do what? But I get you, though. I feel yeah. you because it, it, it's normal now, but it it's not. I think it's personally, and I could be wrong, but I, I think it's the result of kind of this programming, this pop culture programming that's being like instituted. And I think we had that, too, when we were little as well. Okay. No, but I think that it's kind of different now. That's why it looks different to us. But it's like it's that same programming that we want to kind of rid the music industry, the entertainment industry as a whole away, like rid it of that. Yeah. You know what I mean, so. For sure. I think that social media has encouraged that because we didn't have social media when we were kids. Like, and I think that like, you know, the fact that you have to be able to appear on social media a certain way, like. If I were to post pictures of myself when I was 12 on social media, I was the most awkward, strangely <laughs> dressed. I had bedazzling everywhere. Like, I would have been considered such a freaking weirdo if I were to, like, post those pictures in today's social media. It would be memes. All of us would be memes. Like, look at this. Yeah, exactly. But if you go I, back to my old Facebook, I, I have some old pictures of me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to dive into that. I love it. (laughs) But I think that there is, you know, over-sexualizing women is something that is pretty common in the music industry, you know, like, especially with music videos. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, music aside, when you actually have to appear and show your image, it's just like, well, we're going to put you into this because this is what people want to see. And it's like... I don't know. Yeah. How, how do you feel about that? 
I definitely feel like that is a thing. Like, that's why I love my stylist now, because she already knows. Like, if you show me a dress that's not for me, I'm going to be like, what, you, what are you doing? I'd rather wear a suit. I tell people at my wedding, I won't wear a suit. They're like, you better not. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, it's probably going to be fire. I'm going to have a bail and everything. But I don't know. I just feel that, come on, like, it shouldn't be like that anymore. And I hate these apps, for example. Like, obviously, there's times where we don't look how we want to. You get this little filter. You're like, thank God for this filter. But I feel like so many girls and, like, anybody, you, you see these people and you're like, I need to look like that. I want plastic surgery. I want to fix my nose. I want to do this. And I'm just like, you don't need to do that to become famous or to become who you are. You're beautiful. How you are. Like, rock that. It's all about the confidence. Confidence is the most beautiful thing to me. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want people to know, too. And I hope I could help push that a little more. That's why I'm like, I'm so against. For me. Not for other people. If they want to do that, own it do you but for me i'm not going to do that because i want to be that little spice of you know hey just be yourself when you are giving advice though like because we like to get advice from the artists that we interview because a lot of people coming to our page are looking for that they're they're young they're upcoming in the music industry they're just trying to get to know you as a person um what advice would you give to them I always say the same thing in the sense of just rock your individuality. Don't let other people, don't be in competition with other people. Be in competition with yourself. Always try to do better than you last did. Don't look at your feed and be like, oh, I, I need this opportunity. Like me, I follow so many different music artists that I meet and things and people are killing it and I'm happy for them. I'm not looking in an envious way like, oh, why did they get this? Why don't I have it? If I did that, I would drive myself crazy. Of course, it's normal to look at things and be like, wow, that'd be so cool if I got that. But be happy. Applaud people. There's a lot of room at the top. I know they say there's little room. No, there's a lot of room at the top. And build a community of people. So I feel like that's the thing that we need more. I was looking at an interview, or sorry, not an interview, a video. There was like Aaliyah, Missy Elliott, Little Kim, and um, I forgot, I think Debrat. And they were, like, dancing and having fun and things. I'm like, why don't we have that now? I wish that there'd be more unity in this industry. So don't yeah. be afraid to support other people that are killing it. Do you feel like it's more competitive now than it was, like, back in that day when we were, like, watching Brat and all those people on TV? Like, do you feel like it's, like, more competitive? I feel that it is because, like Shay said, of social media. Mm -hmm. I feel like people look at numbers so much, even though numbers could be fake, <laughs> you know, like people are always looking at these numbers. Oh, my God. And they start, you know, you, you look at things so much, you might get envious. It's not like how back in the day you could pick up a magazine and you don't know what these celebrities are doing as much. When you see Beyonce, it's a rare occasion. You're like, oh, what's she going to wear? Now, not Beyonce, but other artists, they post so much on social media that you're kind of gawking at their lifestyle. And you should just be focused more on what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise you get into the mindset of, I wish I had this, or what if I did this? A lot yeah, of hypotheticals. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some upcoming projects that you're working on i'm curious about that yeah so each project i release as far as like an ep or album is a color theme and it depends of how i'm feeling in my life 
So I had blue memories, and now I'm kind of feeling like this red vibe, and it's not because of the hair. <laughs> it's because, like, I'm feeling like this red – I call it, like, red rage. That's, mm-hmm. that's how I feel right now because we're in quarantine. We've had so many, like, okay, uh, it might, might be over now, and then it's like, no, it's not. And I'm just getting really antsy. And just a lot of things have happened during quarantine, personal things, where I'm just like, I need to put this in my music. So I'm working on a new album, for sure. I was like, I can't put this in four or five songs. I got to tell the story. Kind of crazy. So <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I think that yeah. I, I need that, too, because I tell you what, like, I understand all the need for isolation and, you know, like, wearing masks and everything and, like, taking this all seriously. But I am pissed, like... This year was stolen from me. It was stolen from all of us. The hype was so fucking, sorry, so, yeah. so high. <laughs> the hype was so high for 2020. I mean, the, even the aesthetic of the number 2020 was like, all right, this is going to be magic. But really, yeah. This is supposed to be a perfect year. And like, we have like all these holidays happening on like the perfect days. Like, remember those Halloween? names? Like, it was on a Friday. Like, Halloween's okay. on a full moon. Like, Everybody was talking about that, and it all just went crazy. I think God put too many events in this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, really excited to hear that new work. I think, you know, we've talked to a couple of other artists who have been inspired by quarantine to kind of, like, venture into some new projects as well. Um, So what is it kind of like for you using this time to, you know, be creative? I would say in the beginning of quarantine, this sounds weird, I guess, because none of us ever been through something like this before. I was like, whoa, I never have time to work. This is like, not this is awesome. But for me, I was like, my time, yes, like I get to do this. And then after a month, I was like, nah, get me out this house. <laughs> but um, now as a creative, I've been, I had more time to really like hone into my craft. So even like, taking more time of like melodies and not feeling super rushed it's just like I'm, I'm starting to practice my piano um I'm starting to learn a little bit of Arab like more Arabic to put into my music because that is something I want to start put into my new project I've hinted at it in some of my songs doing little riffs here and there but I want to mm-hmm. do a song that's like half Arabic half English <clears throat> and I'm so I'm just really thinking outside of the box for this new project and I feel like I feel like it's definitely a challenge, a fun challenge. I love that mixing up the languages too, because that definitely like, you know, tells your story, but also like speaks to other people and sounds awesome too. Um, so post COVID, are you hoping to like do, do something differently than, than pre COVID? You know how we have like BC, I think now we have, <laughs> I, I think BC now stands for before COVID. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, so, I know, but it makes sense, right? Because everyone's just like, oh, pre-COVID or like, you know, before COVID. But anyways, um, post-COVID, are you going to maybe be practicing differently? Are you going to like, you know, when you get back out into the scene, are you going to maybe take things more seriously when you're you're like on the stage like how do you see yourself post-covid man i was thinking about that the other day i'm like yo post-covid people are going to be going in with their shows because people are missing that live aspect so much so i'm just like 
I'm thinking now, like, I need to start practicing now, like, just different things, even if it's having, like, you know, one band made over and we're really just, like, getting that show together. Because right before COVID, of course, I was, like, really starting to get into, like, the Asian market. So I toured in Japan, and I was supposed to go back out there for this big festival, and obviously everything got canceled. And just being overseas, I'm like, that is where it's at, man. I get why these artists disappear. And just, like, people are like, what happened to this person? I'm like, they're making their money. So... I really want to tap more into that market and then just give them a show that's like crazy. Not just here I am and I'm singing and I'm doing a little dance. Like I want to really make it interactive. So I'm trying to think outside the box. Nice. Nice. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. Literally everything that you were talking about, you just, you're changing the game. I'm so, again, so happy that we got a chance to speak to you. No, thank Um, you guys. I, 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 you're my spirit animal, like I said. I, I, can we be friends? Can we just be friends? <laughs> yes, I feel like I'm. I feel like I've known you guys for a while. I appreciate it. It's fun. I feel like we're facetiming friends right now. You know, the new way to socially interact. Yes, your energy is unmatched, and like everything you're talking about, you just spoke all facts. And mm-hmm. I really hope to like our listeners that you guys really pay attention to the fact that like this is a really groundbreaking artist that we're talking to and she's doing things in a very unorthodox way, right? So definitely listen to her advice because she's, she's going to kill it. She's killing oh, it now. Yeah, you're killing um, it. <laughs> well, all right, everyone. Thank you again for tuning into another episode of The Cultural Reset. Um, make sure that you check out the rest of our content on our website and stay tuned for next week's artist interview. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye, guys.